As yet more traveling takes me and T out of the studio this week, we get to leave you with never-before-heard episode number two from our secret archives. In this throwback episode, T and I interview each other and share all the juicy details of our own stories and why we started the show. You're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm A. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Pushing, Pushing Boundaries. Boundaries with TNA. I'm T. And I am A. And we have a guest with us, but they're not coming on till later. TNA, true. So now you have us. Description. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's us. Hi. Well, but this is great because being our second podcast, we're yes. going to talk a little more about ourselves and just our own experiences. We are. And how we came to do what we're doing. This is true because I feel like you kind of need to know, like, why the hell am I listening to these people and why do I care what they're saying? So, um, so yeah, we thought it'd be good to tell you a little bit about our history and yeah and while we chat about it we're gonna have our producer z-man chime in <laughs> yes greetings <laughs> greetings z hey hey yeah. you guys i didn't want to s- s- slow your roll at all no Super well old. you know i just thought i'd introduce you all right so hey. you're gonna be you know popping in like that popping neighbor that has a key to your house you know right. or like you know our door isn't locked so you just come on in no no <laughs> metaphor intended wow <laughs> Wow. People have to knock before they come into my... Uh, never mind. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't let everyone in, okay? You're a paragon of ladylike behavior. <laughs> oh, that's well, good. Yes. The inappearance, <clears throat> I think. And then I open my mouth. So, gosh, everything takes on that awkward sexual <laughs> innuendo. <laughs> so, um... I think... Uh, How was the week? Oh, yeah. My week. It was good. I actually had um, not conflict with my, my boyfriend, my significant other, but, you know, things that we had to iron out in our relationship. I mean, it's interesting with the open dynamic. I don't think it's that different from a regular relationship in that you kind of always have to check in and, and sometimes things fall apart if you don't <laughs> after a while yeah. and you have to repair those connections. Um, you know, especially when there's uh, separation. And I think in my specific open relationship, um, the biggest hurdle is our travel schedules and how, you know, so we don't have as much time I don't know together. How you do it. I really don't know how you do it. Well, you know, we, we go a while and it gets strained and then we have a fight and check in again and then go, I still love you. I love you too. And then we stay together. <laughs> that works. Yeah. But we, you know, we have the lovers in between, um, which make it all a little easier. C'est uh, l'amour. C'est l'amour. Ooh, you have a good accent. C'est l'amour. You, you studied, fr- no, you just have French lovers. You gotta live there. Yeah. Well, Z-Man has French lovers. That's how he got good I've, at it. Uh, uh, that's uh, the yeah. best way to learn. It's the only I, way to learn French. That and the wine. It's the only well, way to learn I do language. speak French, but I was in school. I, I mean, I was there. I had French lovers, but not for long term. Yeah, well, I had one that made me read the first page of Madame Bovary to her over and over oh, I read again the whole- <laughs> until I got it right. That's very sexy. I had another again. one. Again! <laughs> by the side of the Seine River, fully lecture me on everything I'd done wrong that night. Wow. And another one, remember, never time stopped me walking and just looked at me and said, where did you learn how to walk? You do not know how to walk. Oh, God, like, that is Whoa. awesome. Yeah, no, because awesome. it was the 90s. I was all grunged out and was proud Nirvana of my ripped and, jeans. I right. like, ripped everything skateboarding. One of them just looks at me and goes, why do you dress like a bum? I don't know what else you got for me to wear, you know? Yeah, what do you mean a bum? How lucky for you to be urban cool, to be like recultured. 
at you, such a <laughs> young age. I mean, how many at, American men get that opportunity? Well, that's one of the roles of a courtesan is the proper education of a gentleman. Right. Mm. That's why I was saying that what I, what I saw for pushing boundaries is a salon for ladies. Because the yes. salonier were, it didn't matter whether they were, mu- was, you know, the, the greatest musicians of the era were playing in the parlor and yeah. the diplomats and the soldiers who were making the history were meeting in her front room and often things were getting worked out there. And that's what's amazing to me about the salonier because when you study these women, the great courtesans of Venice and the ones of, of Paris, you, that is the court of power and knowledge and wisdom because they are the ones bringing the artists and the musicians and the politicians and the powerful together. Yes, and I think contrary to what you might think, I guess there's really no way of of like proving this, but based on what I've read about it and based on my own experience, you I think you think well, back then, it, you know, these women were just they're just catering to men and they were just there for them to be whatever play toy they wanted. But it, it's not like that. It's like the wives were that <laughs> like that was expected mm. from the wives. But the women of the courts where the courtesans were, uh, they really had to be in their power because they were they were creative and they were had to have opinions and they had to be viable and like entertaining in that way. So if they were just, you know, laying over, so to speak, and not and just um abiding by social rules and being like the good wife at home like that would that's not what they wanted so they were really very powerful centered women i think yeah power is attractive and beauty is powerful and it's what's interesting is i think american feminism is like again when we get lectured by your french dates you're like whoa simone de who right because (laughs) because you you realize american feminism is very limited by its view of whatever patriarchy was imposed at the beginning of the 20th century it hasn't really that, moved from there well you know it's sad because the 20th century you know with its labor versus management and communism for capital it's very sort of black and white and then the feminists have this sort of archaic idea of manhood just as badly as the mm-hmm. the patriarchs yeah. have an archaic right, view right. of them but it's really it's based on ignorance because when, when you study the classics, all you run into are powerful men and women. And whether it's you know, from Cleopatra on, Nefertiti and all, you know, that's who calls shots through history as like men and women who've stepped into their power. But I think the things that make women powerful, something recently has been very difficult for our culture. I mean the Puritan, that there is that legacy of the wars of religion in Europe and you know, Puritanism and, and all that that we struggle with. So I think that's why it's so bold and noble that you guys are doing this show. Thank Aww. you. On my way over, I was listening to uh, NPR talking about uh, the Catholic Church right now and just how they're restructuring um, what they plan on teaching because Interesting. they are realizing that a lot of Catholics are not actually following <laughs> right. a lot of the codes, that they, especially with sex, this sorts of thing. So mm. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Um, are they allowed to do the that? Can they, can they just, re- can they just re- Well, no, he organize? was saying they can't. He, no. So he Clearly kind of, I'm not religious. <laughs> right, no. No, they were saying that the that certainly not the pope cannot come out and just say okay we're going to you know go left right. with the catholic church after we've been but preaching maybe this gentle song. gentle well, i think that's what moves. he's doing and he'll sort of slowly silence some of the less popular ideas i'm down with that i know i kind of was like all right I respect yeah but that. even so well okay no 
Well, no, I, I speak. I don't think I will. Speak, I don't think I want to speak about my opinions on okay, religion. All right, all right. No, you that's know, good. I, I think well, I have some issues with with the. It it came up earlier because when uh, I was being so, um, you know, T money had laid out for us so beautifully Hi. the doctrine of tantric enlightenment and just uh, plain oh, English. Hey, no, baby. Oh, hey, baby. Hey, baby. And your tea money. That's right. Hello. Oh, that actually makes Come more on. sense. Yeah, no, it's, 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 a, it's a literal right, physical right, right. attribute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Although you can't tell right. with our new well, marketing I had, photos. I had totally realized I was so low, but actually, I so appreciate Our new marketing the photos hide our tea and RA, but. And, and really, it's. I kind of get the idea. The whole figure. <laughs> How it moves, it's grace. What are, we ta- what are we talking about? Yeah, What's grace? Sorry. Gra- I, well, grace is a religious topic, oh. and it is the mm. way a woman moves. Right. And that's why when we're talking about, because the word, word religion, religion meant reconnection, like ligament, ligion. Interesting. Reconnection. So it's anything that reconnects you. Mm. And there's other you know ways people tell that, but I look at it as you know that's why sexuality has either been deeply problematic or at the essential core of a spiritual belief, like Tantra or the Kama Sutra in the Easter or, you know, a lot of Taoist love magic or in the West, you know, with Christianity in this, it's struggle with love and looking at all the different ways it can be expressed. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah it well, makes total sense. I mean, it's, it's like I, I see humans as... Uh, multidimensional in that we're physical that we have a physical body an emotional body a mental body a spiritual body and all these things so you can't if you're looking to be connected you can't exclude anything Mm -hmm. i think all of these things play a major role so it makes sense like by the way i had a completely religious experience this morning as i was having pushing boundaries i was having a an intimate moment with myself and this and it was like this it was like i had this Okay, I'll just come out with it. I had <laughs> literally the most amazing orgasm I've ever had in my life. Come and I can on. I swear. I hear these stories. Oh, so that's why the Tantric Enlightenment came out just I, like, I, bam. Well, beca- because um, I... Uh, my two No, no, my thing. Anyway, so, but what happened afterward, it was like what I felt afterward. It was this like ongoing, super long orgasm, but it was so... And I'm not kidding. And I have good sex. I have fucking fantastic sex. But this was like beyond. And I don't know why. I think it's because I'm just like, you know, Maturing, in my life. Yeah, body. yeah, yeah. Well, and I think there's just, I've been so creatively open. And I'm say, writing yeah, so all this stuff. And I, so I'm creating a lot right now. Mm. And I feel mm. like that has a lot to do with it. But like I can, I'm to the, I, it's been happening where I can breathe. Like the way I breathe will arouse me and bring me to almost climax. Yeah. <laughs> Where I know so, somebody, I know it's a, it's an interesting problem to have. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it's described in some of the very classical literature. You might look into that. Yes, I've read, I've dabbled a little bit. I, in Hunter, but the I'm very person first. who. I'm thinking of in well, that we're gonna case. We're going to have a guest on eventually about yes, that. Yes, I met yeah. a lovely man in San Francisco who's a a master of tantric. Oh, anyway. yeah. Well, there's a lot of them in the paper there around Marin County, like some better than mm, others. I, but sure. it's interesting to sort them out. Well, we're going to okay. talk more about it. Well, there'll so be an I'm episode for to come. Continue. Yeah, but just the idea of, um, of such a blissed out state. Yes. You know? And also, but I wanted to say what happened afterward because, like, afterward, I felt so, so connected to myself, like, stronger than I've ever felt. And, like, all this dramatic stuff was happening during the day, like, problems with a man and um 
I don't know, just stuff. And but I was so centered and so clear. And I swear to God, it goes back to the orgasm. Yeah, no, it's it's a spiritual religious experience. Like it, it can be. Yeah, really. Yeah. Like, oh, I agree. Yeah, and yeah. what's interesting, it's related to your creative energy. I mean, that's the yeah. thing about the yeah, root yeah. chakra is that's from which the 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 sexual energy in the universe. That's the yin and the yang, right? And then it, you have the male and the female that comes together in all biology, plant or animal. You know, and you have forces, you know, positive and negative, electromagnetic force. You have these opposites. And then, you know, that's the thing. Every now and then it comes together. And that's, that's, that's the experience of that moment. And it's powerfully associated, and I think a lot of the Indian literature, powerfully associated with artistic expression and creative endeavor. I mean, there's that one temple, man, if you've seen the statues, it's super hot. The one that's always the favorite ero- for, like, erotic the, the sculpture. I'm thinking, yeah, and I can't remember the name of the, 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 that sp- the particular yeah, temple that's what, kind yeah. of famous in the mm-hmm. art history books. Right, so right. If you're pay- turning to the right page, kids. Well, um, oh, uh, I lost. I forgot what I was going to say. Go ahead. I don't know. No, I was... Th- <laughs> you, oh, yeah, yeah I, was I wasn't thumbing. sure if you could hear me. and I'm not hearing anything. Am I? Right. Tell, yeah. um, anyway. Tell me about, more about your Tantra friends up north. Oh, well, no, I just... I, I think that what's interesting, you just said, you know, that yeah. it occasionally will all lo- come into line. And I think the goal, at least for me, I'm, I'm interested in making it line up more often, right? To have yeah. that pure creativity yeah. and those moments of truth. Well, I mean, that's, yeah. that's how the universe creates everything. And so that's... I, I think it shouldn't surprise us that... Sexuality is essentially creativity, and and right. se- and sensuality is where that somehow we we find other ways of expressing it in the world besides just humping everything. Yeah, hmm. I mean, ultimately, you just it's, sometimes, yeah, it's always, no, everything. Actually. Yeah, it looks like you're still working on that. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I think it's just the more, excuse me, the more unblocked you are, right? The clearer you are in various aspects, whether it's creatively or. Whether you need to be more firm or more, like maybe you're too daydreamy and you need to be more, and there's a block of you being more responsible or practical. I think whenever, you know, you you push through those boundaries within yourself and get through those blocks, you'd probably have, you can have a religious orgasmic experience. No, I was a successful college student, so I wasn't so distracted that I couldn't focus, but it seemed like any time I'd go into the library, right, and you'd be sitting there studying, oh, yeah. yeah, and you're really <laughs> yeah. focused on real work. Uh-huh. I mean, it's almost like the sex furnace turns yeah. on. <laughs> like, why is it yeah. all that, you know, every other thought... Because like, you're not supposed to no, do you, it or be thinking yeah. about no, it. No, you have an... <gasps> exactly, you have an intellectual epiphany, and yeah. immediately what follows is, like, oh. a sexual thought, or, like, a sexual <laughs> image, and it's like... Well, it's, that's you true, know, you get a rush of energy. Sex. Intellectual sex. You, you know, know <clears throat> actually, I remember... It, Anal- uh, analyzing sex. It was the medical students at the science library, because they really knew how everything kind of worked, you know. Uh, it's, like, it's like dating a nurse, you know what I mean? Sure. And, and uh, yeah, but the, in a way, but in the, it does, you realize what's going wrong with Western medicine, that they, their approach can be so mechanical. Mm. But it was interesting, like, the, and also they had this sort of medical fascination with porn that I was just like, kind of like, ooh, Wow. You know, that's kind of so what that traumatized. Well, that the traumatized. Oh, you mean they were interested. Like, yeah, they because were more it's like, mechanically. Well, or you know, I, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, maybe there's a couple of people in particular who biased my sample. I don't mean to generalize about a whole group of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it fits in line though. I was, I was pre med. I was double majoring. I was about ready to take my MCATs before I. Before I woke up and right. decided to have yeah. more sex, right. what is that? more <laughs> yes. sex in a pre-med hottie? That's impossible. 
<laughs> but that makes sense uh, that, you know, I, I was, I was looking down the road and some part of me knew I was going to be doomed to be some pornographic mechanical, <laughs> mechanically. No, I don't know. I know I'm referring no, I know. to your I, thing. I, but, I had those dark dreams in science yeah. class where you're like, oh God, you know what I mean? Like where yeah. they, where you just were like, you know, like that thing with that, that sort of that mechanical alienation that we were, we were talking earlier about the influence of that sort of commercial porn culture on like lovemaking where the other day when somebody busted out a line where I was like, it was so, so kind of contrived. I was like, yeah, it doesn't I was, feel like I was like, oh, but, but, but instead of being offended, I suddenly was kind of strangely hurt because where it was coming from was what I want thinking that's what I wanted to hear. Right. But mm-hmm. what it was is because where she had learned was thinking what boys want is right. what she's seen in the dark corners of the internet. Right. So not right. like I'm sure there's it's tastefully well, done it's, somewhere. It's, I, I can't I pay a, that much money. You know? I feel it's a, a script that yeah. we at, at a young age start learning. Um, and I think it can be very limiting to your own creative development in how you want to express yourself sexually. Yeah, and, fi- yeah. and literally just finding your voice because it's like, right. well, it's like anything. It's a program, right? Like we get these programs that we grow up with from society and culture and then you have to break through them and find your own sure. voice in every aspect. And it's But like I'll that. say this. Can I, ever since I read this article talking about um, uh, our word choice during sex, uh, it sort of sometimes will, in my head, be, you know, here I am having this sexual experience, and then I'm thinking about, am I going to say something authentic, or is, it, or is this a sound bite that I learned? Analyzing I, it? Like, yes, overanalyzing yeah, it? Analyzing, like, like, what I'm going to say. Is this genuine, or is this coming or, from some pre-programmed idea of sex that I have? Yes, that's going through my yeah. head. No, I hear you. I hear and you. Then, yeah. And then I, I have to say that, you know... I have found that I will use the F word a lot. But fuck, we can say, right? So I, I'll say fuck during sex, it's the right? Internet. You can say whatever you sure. want. Yes. But so. This so is good to know. <laughs> that, that will come out, you know? I, I find that I lean on that, you know? Whereas I have maybe friends that will express certain curse words, like, you know, they say shit or, you know, what I, things come out. And it's like, you know, is that learned? I don't know. But I did have a, a boyfriend once tell me that his experience of my use of the word fuck seemed more authentic than someone that he had been with before, where he felt like she was using it wow. to to turn him on or using it to, because that's what he wanted to hear. And he's right. like, well, that's not what I want to hear. I want you to actually be excited. To be connected right. to it. Yeah. Right. Well, and I guess that what happens is you, you received all this pre-programmed material from whatever literature you, were, you read about how a knight behaves with a lady or whatever, and then you try that out, and it either works or doesn't, you know, and then you adapt because she either lectures you over the cafe table in Paris or what, however that happens, right? <laughs> oh, see. But I, yeah. Oh, I, oh, I wanted to share. I had my experience with a Frenchman where it wasn't even sexual, but rather I had very large suitcases, and I couldn't... <laughs> He took exception to your taste in luggage. Yeah. Yeah, typical. <laughs> I couldn't. French. No, yes, exactly. But I actually couldn't pick one of them up. It was too heavy. Uh-huh. And uh, and a long story about why I decided this was a good idea. I was supposed to live there for a year. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and, he, and he said, would you like me to help you with your suitcase? Would you like me to help you with your suitcases? And I said, uh, oh, well, I mean, you know, if you have time, I don't want to pressure you if you're comfortable with it. And he goes, I need you to stop being American and tell me what you want. And I said, <laughs> Yes, carry my suitcase. <laughs> the thing is, how, how bourgeois for him to have to ask. You know, he yeah. should either have a man doing it or be on it. That's true. Why did I'm he surprised ask? that he asked because he has because no, most of the time they don't. Well, it, no, and the know, French ask. Bam. No, not the Italians. I'm there. Don't, when it, the Italians nope. don't. I've been there multiple. I've never. It yeah, depends. No. The All thing right, well, is, we can debate culture. Get on. It depends about his class. 
Um, Hands down, it's what his mama beat into him. Right. Or if somebody else was around to beat something else into him. But I think, but I, yeah. <laughs> well, but even American, look, people complain, say, oh, Americans don't do this. Uh, plenty of American men hold doors open for me, carry a bag. Yeah. I mean, all these things. Yeah. No, I had to tell true. my French boyfriend, I would say, I'd, I'd say, you know, I'd be like, yes, you have to carry this. I'm dragging. But here's the thing. I, yeah. I just think like it's it so common for people to be dragging suitcases around in mm. Europe, yeah, you is. know, in the metros and stuff that like they don't think like if they stopped to help everybody, it would just. Well, it's I remember like, once in Italy, you know, yeah, the New York I, it's rule, too much. Right? I think yeah. I hadn't even picked it up yet. And this guy just wa- as he was walking by, just picked. It yes, up and I've seen walking. that. I've seen and that. And I sort of had a moment that's of all- startled. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I love that. I'm no, all about just, chivalry. Yeah, I'm uh, a man. Oh, all right. Yeah, and no, he didn't no, take off with it, like no, running? Exactly. Well, I oh, thought maybe he was running. Or no, he assertively <laughs> said, I'm helping you with your bag. I love that. Oh, all right. Yeah, so I could imagine what he'd be like. A bit. No. <laughs> As you were imagining. Like, like, trying to keep up I with I wonder, him. yes, excuse how assertive of you. <laughs> <laughs> what else will you assertively take? <laughs> I love it. We do have to have a cultural conversation because... Yes, well, it seems like we've all been around the globe a couple times. I know. Yeah, you can knock around for a few corners of the world. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I think and ro- travel is romantic. You know, that's it's. Mm. There's an eroticism. One of the hottest makeout sessions ever was on the train from Krakow to Warsaw. <laughs> you know, because it was partly of the excitement. Oh la la! Yeah, because because someone could walk in at any minute, mm. and it was like the classic. You know, coitus interruptus, like for a whole thing. So when you finally like the other one of the classic tricks being the retention. Right of the energy, right and building, building up right. and peaking right. without the ejaculation, and then the storage. And then what's amazing about that is, yeah, by the time you do get to Warsaw and back to the Bajirau, <laughs> and it, it, and that's the thing, you know, it's like that. But the, but the the, the the rocking of a train. <laughs> it is. It's you know, well, very... I think travel is un- you know you, inhibitions hotel, are let down. Mm-hmm. All of this, there's anonymity in a way. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, you're no longer in your natural daily environment, the mm-hmm. way that you feel defined in a, in your regular life. You yeah, know, you can be you're automatically you on an adventure. Yeah, exactly. you give on the train. yourself more. <laughs> <laughs> strangers on a train. Yeah, yeah. What's the name of that record? Well, yeah, strangers Lovage. on a train had an. Love it. I, I know. I love them. Isn't that a great record? Yes. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Song. It's great. My darling. How was your week? Well, so uh, a. We heard a little bit about it already. Well, that's what the main thing that I wanted to share was this freaking thing that happened to me this morning. That was I always amazing. get jealous when I hear that. But you know what? I had six orgasms oh, 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 during but, but, sex once. Okay, no, no, no. But listen. But here, <laughs> there, take yeah. that. <laughs> oh, honey, <laughs> that happens every day. Okay, but here's what I wanted to mention. Okay, mm-hmm. because I read this book, which you've read too. What What do women want? By Daniel Berkner. Yes, love it. Love it. Absolutely really freaking love it. You have to, I can write it down. everybody <laughs> write has it down. to read this book. Well, some dude figured it out finally. <laughs> what, what's his it's a it's a it, he he it's a scientific review or analysis. Uh, right. of, He's, uh, he interviews a lot of scientists. Go ahead. Right. So, um, but what they talked about was he talked about the history of um, the the finding or whatever of the um, there's the clitoral orgasm and then. Uh, the G spot, and there was a lot. There's been a lot of controversy over whether or not the G spot actually exists, right? right. And and then um, in the end, he I think he says it, it does, right? Yeah, there, like there was, but only I think it was kind of connected to like the inside of the clitoris. Anyway, so whatever. That but then it's true to my experience well, of it. But then, but well, hold on, okay. So then he says there's also this like mythical cervical 
orgasm. Oh, yes. And oh. it's it's literally like this myth that nobody knows if it exists. Like some people kind of report it, but do you really Actually, know what they're talking about? And a blah, lover blah, blah. of mine said that he has provided this sort of orgasm for a woman and he said that he actually can feel something that almost feels like it, it gets hard in a way so like, here's my experience lately this is mm. this is new i haven't had it i haven't well he, this is what i think it was because because okay but here's okay so let's just get very intimate yes, a little yes. bit so lately in my sexual experiences there's one lover in particular um that for whatever reason the way we fit or whatnot like um and he, it's like that too. He feels something in me where he always wants to go really deep, which is usually very uncomfortable f- right. for me. If it's the wrong fit. Right. But I feel like I've been like opening in a way to this. And so anyway, I, this morning, the fantasy that was coming to mind was, it's like something that my body was craving was this super, super deep experience. So I was just really like, literally it was, it was, I've never had a fantasy like this mm. ever either. It was like very super almost tantric, like connected, like hardly any movement. And all I was wanting was just depth, like Hmm. super deep, super deep, super Hmm. deep. That's all my mind was going for. And then I had this like freaking explosion. So I'm wondering if I had the mythical um, cervical orgasm without (laughs) penetration magically. Well, you know what this makes me, no, no, but you know what this also makes me think of is the power of, of your imagination and your brain. How much of it is in your head? Yes, yes. How much of it is is imagination, which I think Daniel Bergner also talks about, or Sex at Dawn does. I mean, it's in all kinds of sex books, which is the synapses firing in your brain. I mean, it's all tied together. And I, and I do have, I orgasm, like I have multiple orgasms with, 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 um, with my close partners. mm. And so it's like, I, I do orgasm. Right, frequently Regular, and regularly, right, but, but this kinds. was different. Yeah, no different sensation. Well, which nerve cluster in the body we're talking about? I think I'll never forget looking at the poster in neurobiology class, and it's like they had that classic: the brain, the brainstem, and it was cut off. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's just the top of the antenna. We've found now that the heart, the cardiac muscle tissue, is more than a pump. It turns out to be a central chemical processor yeah. of every every emotion in your blood, mm. and that that cardiac muscle tissue is more like. You know, neurons, there's neurotransmission in there too. So that electrical right. pulse, that sort of, sort of pulse between the brain and the heart, that's, that's your central. And the poets and the mystics have known this all right. along. Right, they always there's talk a, about and it. And then there's the gut, the right? The cluster in the gut. Right. Which, and then now there's your cluster down there and where your witch bulbs go where. Like, mm-hmm. hey, maybe it's a little bit different on everybody. But what, I, I think in the highest states of meditation, whether you start at the top or start from the bottom, it's the whole system that goes off. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, so for, for me, I've had this, it's, well, now it's a regular thing, but, um, how uh, sensitive my scalp becomes like after an orgasm or during an orgasm. And it's, and it's sort of just what we're talking about with like different sensations. I mean, your whole body just sort of becomes this on, but the antenna on at the top, the hair is important. I'll never forget the hair pulling thing. Right. Oh. Know, that's one of those classic things. Cause especially if you, if you're taught to be too well-mannered, you're like, you're not kind of more bonobo than chimpanzee, you know what I mean? It's all good, but sometimes a little rough, <laughs> a little rough play is part of the fun. Well, I love and Sex had, at Dawn, by the way. I haven't. The, have, have you read Sex at Dawn? Talks about the bonobos and the chimpanzees. Yeah, okay, so that's why I'm here because it's in been, a much more you know technical way. Well, it was actually it was some it was some cats at NASA who we have the things who who brought this up to me. It's one of these things that's been bouncing around the scientific 
circles yeah. talked about this a lot recently yeah. and because um, it speaks to something really deep in us but and, and I'll never forget because actually she was quite quite an intellectual powerhouse and the thing was she never I'll never forget, pull my hair no harder and mm-hmm. I was like I was like oh I don't know if I'm okay with this like <laughs> right. I'm like according to all the books I am not supposed to be doing this right and right. probably some laws <laughs> but but that's the thing is that it's like okay so but I wonder there's a boundary well, there's to push. technique too with the pulling. But I wonder, right. no no <laughs> just yanking. So, but I, <laughs> God, and with the men, I always I'm always like grab the hair and they're, and they're like and they have this panic moment of like I'm okay I'll grab your hair and you're like no not not at like the side of my head like yanking my ear over you know like the, and then I go no and they grab on the right and my head's being yanked what? around wrap it up in a bunch yeah. who are these no, men tug, for you know? me it's actually like it rub the scalp yeah, yeah, right yeah. so rub all around. And fingernails. Not yeah. Use the net, you know, and and massage. You guys, it. we have to organize. We could have a whole talk over like. Oh, you feel like physical just, body? Yeah, oh, we're just playing. We're kind of, but our, we're, in our, in we're initiating, pushing boundaries here. Okay. And in the history <laughs> right. of initiations, I we're going to touch on all topics. enlightenment. Like, by the way, ladies just and gentlemen, like it's just, hard to it's hard to break <laughs> apart specific parts. I had to share that. No, it, you had that's the I mean, that's another thing about spiritual experience. But I'm just saying. And I, the mystical experience often comes with. And this is William James. This is like uh, uh, this is freaking the you know this is the. Uh, Department of Psychology at Hartford, everybody. I'm just saying, like, it's. I'm not coming from any one particular religious perspective. This is something that's in the psychological study of the religious experience. One component of the mystical experience is you got to go tell it on a mountain. And I've seen that that's what a lot of what's motivating. I'm on my mountain. Yes, we are on the mountain. Climb that mountain. Mountain woman. Yeah. I am the mountain woman. <laughs> that does not sound sexy. All right. So finish your thoughts, right. Zeman. You they're they're oh, never right. finished. You're I here. Know. You're the antennas. Uh, my, my main thing is just to, to be a good gentleman and listen to the ladies hold forth. Right. Had, and and okay, don't so, pull from the side of the hair. Yes, right. I've got it. So actually, you, like, no, a little scalp action. Yeah. Dovetailing on the whole back to the monkey thing. Yeah. I had this... I, okay, so this I didn't finish Sex at Dawn yet, but it's a great. I get the, so it is the fantastic. One I'd like to recommend everyone to yeah. called Sex at Dawn, right? Which we're working on our blog, but we'll put these. We'll books put up all of these well. up so you can see. But um, they okay. So we, we'll talk about this more in detail. But there's basically the the bonaboos and the chimps, right? And the chimps are more aggressive, and uh, they're just whatever more aggressive and selfish. And then the bonaboos are more communal. In in a sense. So I'm wondering, though, if different cultures and different family lines and our bloodlines descended perhaps from, like, maybe there's just Bonobo people and there's just chimpanzee people. Like, like more pure forms of it. But right. It seems like, like, I wonder, like, if humans some... have both. Like it's I'm sure. Yeah. But I wonder if it's like... Well, no, maybe sure. it's just that I have more Bonobo blood or whatever sure. in me. And like, it makes me think of this article. Some people have more chip blood. My friend posted about the Aka tribe in, I don't forget which country in Africa, but um, it is, you know, an African community that um, the men and women share child care equally, like 50%, 50%, where the man will take the child. And they're talking about how they, um, they'll let the children uh, suckle on the men's nipples 
to like as a pacifier right. and they'll just kind of tie the baby onto them the way that the women do. No big deal. Right, right. And I thought that was fascinating. And to me, it that is. is a more Bonobo <laughs> you know, kind of yeah. sharing community. You know, I, I don't know. I think it's an interesting idea. More sexual variety in human societies like over the years, if, if we totally. care to admit it. And I think that's well, what I'm looking for. Great examples like from female driven sex communities and no, like where it's more of a, sorry, <laughs> I know a place sorry. like that. Well, no, maybe more <laughs> matriarchal, <laughs> you know, more yeah. matriarchal societies versus the patriarch, you know, and Miles, and yeah. where the women have multiple <laughs> male lovers and it's a given and, you know, this sort of thing. That's America. <laughs> well. You know, they just don't talk about it. You know what I mean? No. Well, that's the well, thing. Look, is I, now they're talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, no, we're talking actually, about it. Okay, wait. I just read whole, an interesting factoid that it, was, it said one in five women that live with their boyfriends have other sexual partners. Really? Yeah, I know. And I thought, Openly? well, you know, in Los Angeles, one in five people are in the arts industry. You know, I was like, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's a stat. What a coincidence. No. Right, exactly. That's an impressive stat. I wonder. I don't think it's necessarily public. I don't right. think that they're open about it or yes. that they're telling their partner. But. I think it does speak about uh, to what what women what People women right. want. Yeah. Which by Daniel Bergner, that book ta- is addressing that issue of um, us bringing it more to the public to the public and to the forefront of yeah. uh, of women's open sexuality. I mean, the fact that when they watch porn of any kind, they're aroused, whereas men are much more. Yes. Uh, binary. Uh, like they have to, if they are aroused by women, they're aroused by women. And if they watch gay porn, they will immediately lose their erection. No, they get, and, they, you know, vice versa. They, there's some arousal, but not full. Right. Whereas arousal. women are like, woo, bring Everything. it on. Yeah. yeah. But the one like, thing that I, that, that the one yeah. thing that I thought was the most fascinating from that experiment, but also for me, for, for almost the entire book, was finally, <laughs> like they did that experiment and they also, so they were able to, Read with a plethysmograph, like the internal, the wetness and the whatever. Blood flow. And the blood flow. To the area. Right. And so that's how they measured physical arousal. Um, but they also measured it consciously. So you could tap in what your response was, whether, you know, how aroused you were or if you were aroused. And the men were like one for one. They were, everything was transparent. What they, what they verbally said corresponded with what their body was saying. But women, <laughs> oh, you, it was the opposite. <laughs> yeah. What their body <laughs> said was completely opposite most of the time with what their mind said, which to me, and he, it, no, there's no, guys, come, look, wait, hold on a second, hold on a second, no, but, no, but let's on. look at this okay. because I, I mean, okay, I think it's, I think it's good to acknowledge this, but I also think that it just, there's no answer exactly as to why this is the case, but it just points to a strong correlation that women perhaps have way, way more cultural imprinting about what is okay and what is not okay. Women are grilled into them. Yeah, and for men, what you want is is okay. Women I would like to rattle off some stats. Men just shake it Uh, off. You know, uh, can I talk about like domestic violence here in the US, right? It's like uh, the number one death rate of a a pregnant person is their spouse killing them. Uh, You know, this is in the US. Uh, There is, um, you know, uh, yeah, sexual ideas of, I think one in three women are raped. Like, there's all these crazy stats. Oh, like, yeah. there is so, there is serious so, violence against women in this country. There is serious, also so on a larger assert, scale, okay. politics. Like, there are less women in politics in this country than like in Pakistan. You know what I mean? Like, weird ass hard, so, yeah, hard I, numbers I, to get, yes, but hard not, numbers to really ascertain. You know what I mean? Like, we don't really know what's going on there, and that's what I'm looking for. Go with no, your. No, I'm thought. talking no, about just literally saying, in a political like. Yes, what I'm but saying that's is more that external. I think this culture, is more internal. Yes, but no, but what they were saying in this. 
yeah, I think the study was just pointing to the fact that women don't feel like they're that they're in a safe community where they can express what's really arousing them. Well, that's a really and so they're pressing the no button. Yet the plethysmograph is able to detect that they are indeed aroused. They're saying no, but they mean yes, or on some deep level. I mean, now that I'm in a more open place, I'll tell people a lot more that I'm aroused by many more things than I would have. Five years ago, yeah. sure. You know, five years ago, I'd been like, no, I'm not turned on by that. But I don't want that. Yeah. This is you guys pushing boundaries, and that's what I love about you. <laughs> Thank is that, you. Is that whether you're citing statistics? Let's get that statistician in here and like see what yeah. see what kind of underwear they're wearing, <laughs> and and you know what I mean. And then whether it's politics or some historian, if it's a scientist, we want to get. I don't want to like it'd be wonderful to hear from the science and the medical people. But I, I think we were talking earlier. They they medicalize sex a lot. I would also like to get artists and musicians in here who maybe also have a lot more field experience with the subject. No, I love field experience. That's yeah, why well, that's, I'm, and that's I'm big the, on field. I value field yeah. experience and most because, like, as you can read experts and all this stuff, but what you it boils what down to about. is your own experience. When I Amen. first started having sex, I remember thinking, "This is so weird," and not like anything. I discussed with my friends, like the actual way that it went down. Yeah. Do you know? What I mean? And I'm going, yeah. how did this? How did this not get expressed? <laughs> <Seriously>? <laughs> how did my friends or family not convey this? You know. And so I think about um, whatever the way that you learn again, learn about sex early on. Um, well, not not just by you, oh, but what I meant or, was field yeah. experience. I mean, just what you're talking about with this this mystical, you know, cervical orgasm. Well, does it exist or doesn't it? Why do I need a, a scientist to tell me if it's true or not? If I have a friend that says she did it, I'm going to go home and then start experimenting and trying to find yeah. it on my own. Right on. <laughs> now we know what you're doing tonight. <laughs> Get a volunteer. Visiting my lover. Yeah, that's what I love that, that says he's, that he's felt it. He's felt the difference when he's made women orgasm. That way. Wow. Well, yeah. Uh, what, like uh, from the contract, like the Kegel contraction? Yeah. And he, but he said that he actually felt almost like, a, I don't, you know. I can feel, you can feel the cervix. Yeah. Right. When but you hit it, but most of the time yeah, you get a big no. Yeah, but he said he feels something almost become right. harder. Like it, it almost it's, like yeah, a hardening it, that's, of it. That's, that's, the, that's the sensation of it is it's, it's, it's. But it's, during, but, and the woman orgasms at that moment when he feels it. Well, the thing is, I think that may be the case with, 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 you can, you can always feel the cervix if you're in that deep. And what happens is most of the time that's like too much. And right. it's like experienced as painful just often because the input is overwhelming. And I think what's happened is if you are you, – maybe your tantra is on point and you are like ready for that well, kind of thing. Yeah. Or you're just like more – born a little more relaxed well, in that area. I'll share with you. Pow, yeah. Mm. Well, but to, OK. Because I think – and and OK. So I think it's just my my work and my approach to what I've been doing the past four years and with, you know – the sensual industry. Sure. My whole goal has been um, almost like a spiritual thing, like really opening. Like it just happened accidentally, and mm-hmm. and this work really, like, literally forced me to step into my power in a new way because, like, my life depended on it. Like, if I walk into that room and I am not totally confident and totally on point, I could send the wrong vibe to someone, and. Um, like and get myself a, into a bad situation. Yeah. So literally, teaching my life depended on you know being yeah. in my power. So it like it's really started a huge transformation, and which is why this work has been so amazing. So I think it's just been this gradual opening. But my experience last night or this morning was, it was it was like because I because usually it is painful, you know, when someone's in that deep, and comparing when it's painful to what I experienced this morning, it's just it it is an opening. It is like. Like a relaxation into yourself and um, I think a comfort within yourself and it, where you're not like 
Say you're not resisting. There's no resistance on any level. On a simpler on level, like, it reminds an emotional me of using, level, intellectual level. Reminds yes, me of ahead. using a tampon for the first time. <laughs> no, yes, really, you have really, to relax. I mean, yes. And I thought about how I had this conversation with a bunch of girls at a at a wedding. You know, all the all the women together, uh, and it was like, um, you know, your mother or your friends are telling you to relax your muscles, and you're like, I'm trying to relax. Like, what the what hell do you are you talking about? Yeah, you don't even know what they're just don't think about it, honey. What do you mean? Don't think about it. They're telling you to relax your muscles there, <laughs> and you're like, I, relax I what? That's all. You yoga, don't even yeah. have control over them at this point. The mulabanda is what it's called. So the more, your, so yeah. moral of the story is the more sex you have, <laughs> the more you'll figure it out. <laughs> no, it's not about to no, me. I'm, I'm kidding. It's yeah. more detailed. Than For that. me, it's more like. It's more because I meditate and I I do I am a very internal person so for me uh, it's more about internal shift and then and so it's inside out and I think but everyone's different and then well, you I can go outside in but I think everything's sure. like that I mean it can happen both ways sure. that you have your enlightenment I mean there are guides and teachers that help you find right. it there's your own meditation and being aware of your personal experiences and your you know I mean yeah. all these things help you get more centered and um and I think that I mean this is true in many aspects of your life. Right. Yeah. But yeah. so sex is, you know, I always find sex is a good barometer for how that's, how it's ticking. Yeah. You true. know that, you know, they say in Zen, true. there's sudden enlightenment and gradual enlightenment, right? Sudden enlightenment, you have these experiences and that might be from, you know, wilderness exposure or a powerful dream or sleep yeah. deprivation or, you know, near death experience or the powerful drug experience from a sacred medicine. There's all kinds of ways that the, that these doors open and those experiences become available to us. But it's about your receptivity. And then the question of your gradual enlightenment is how much of that do you put into your daily daily practice? How much do you let it change you? Do you let it freak you out and destabilize you? Or do you let it, you know, inform you and realize, oh, maybe Mm. for me it was just like, oh, maybe all that Chinese medicine and Ayurveda, maybe that isn't such silly superstitious nonsense as I was taught in school. Maybe there is something to that subtle body. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is something about you know the the body we don't understand, or you know, because we knew I knew enough about science to know we didn't know as much as we thought we knew. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that 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 experiment that's the pure spirit, you know, of like you 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 don't know what spiritual experience is until you have it, you know. And I think that's wonderful that you you have this venue to, to experience things from. Mm-hmm. Is this is it too much to change gears and mention this Duke University porn star? Do it. That's kind of on point. I had to check her out after we talked about it. I was Did like, you? Oh, I yeah, I mentioned it to you. Yeah, oh, she's a Duke girl. I mean, I was looking at. She's Duke. cute. Yeah, she's she cute. looks she's great. She's cute. You know, but again, all right. So let's let's explain so to the audience. So look up Duke University's um, this Bell porn Knox. star Bell Knox came out publicly because a a fellow student classmate had discovered her online and was like, oh my god, you're a porn star. Said that he wouldn't tell anyone, but then he did, and then the the whole community around her tried to kind of slut shame her. It was her. a slut shaming yeah. yeah, feeding shame frenzy. Her. Yeah, it was, and attack yeah. her on Twitter and, you know, yeah, say violent things and that they're going to do to her if yeah. they saw her on campus. I mean... And then she's like, well, if Duke could throw me financial aid, this wouldn't be an issue, right? No, she didn't. No, she, she did not. She said it in... Oh, the, she the, did. The, the, it, came back, it came back when what she... In the, her article, there was... A, she well, mentioned I pulled it up in the, the article. The, yeah. But if, I don't I thought, that I thought article. her article neither. I, I thought her article, article was a really like, intelligent yeah. No, I, th- I loved it. And I thought that was a really relevant point. Right. You know, but, and, and that, you know, in a way, 
it was a lot of the stuff you were talking about is she did her the fact she's a women's studies major mm. you know real fascinating details there for sure it is it, yeah she seems to really have a, an awareness and enlightenment about her choices and, and why she's doing it or at least yeah. she's had to realize what the attention has put the focus where she's had to figure that out mm. I know it's going to be a, an amazing life experience for her that will guide her in some really interesting well, directions well it seems like I she's think. rising to the challenge for in sure, a positive which, way which is which great I, I think is better for everyone I mean her freedom and com- not comfort, but her willingness to talk so openly about her experience and her tr- and and, her and I think entitlement to make those choices. Well, yeah, but you know what? It's I th- I feel like, uh, and this is why I'm here talking openly about my experiences, and I've got these other projects that are working on this as well. Because uh, I just I feel like we're on the verge of like some kind of revolution in several different ways yeah. with polyamory. And yeah, I know. And and with this, I think there's more and more girls um, in the industry, sort of speaking out and whatever. And I, I, you know, I mean, the the client list is like on. I mean, it's it's, a popular mainstream show. It's a popular. Okay, it's totally fantasy based, and it's absolute shiza. Sorry, anyone who is. Involved in no, producing sure. that. It's, it's definitely but, uh, not getting, I think, to the core. But it is it's it's totally fantasy based, yeah. based on, yeah, like, you know, based. finding your one true love and, you know. Yeah, but isn't blah, blah. it interesting but, how yeah, romance comes in as a story there? Yeah, so, of course. Where, I mean, where romance were you sells. going with that? But my point is that I feel like, um, like there's a lot of women who commented... Um, or people, but a lot of women who were like, oh, it's just such a shame that she has to degrade herself this way and she has to, you know, do something that's so base or, or so disres- disrespecting herself. Right. And she's, you know, and, and, and which I, I understand why people would think that. And I think if I, like, a younger version of me might have been on that side mm. of the fence. Right. I the younger version of me was on that side in the sense that I was very um it's, but it's just judgment. Well, no no, I, I agree but my issues came more from the issue of like the the only like one of the few jobs where women make more than men is in the porn industry. Is that so again this oh, constantly yeah. commodifying but, the body and women only being able to oh. exist in this lens and you know I know and that's the old me but I yeah. think that I think that it's anyway. Go ahead. The well, fact my that thing she is makes that the comment about people consuming porn, and it's like the number of people watching porn, and then you're going to turn to me and say, "How am I doing?" You know, you're criticizing me doing this when you're probably at home watching it. Yeah, yeah, right. You're watching totally. it. Totally. So, so, what's the difference my, between being on the other side of the glass? I agree. My feeling and my sense about this is that I feel like, like this kind of work used to it, honestly like. Honestly, it scared me a bit. Like when again, when I was on that other side of the fence, when I saw women who were sexually powerful, or you know, would see movies about hookers or courtesans or whatever, I was, um, I or porn industry or whatever. Like I was like afraid on a deeper level, probably not conscious at that time, mm-hmm. and so I would judge. And mm-hmm. in hindsight, um, but I was also deeply fascinated. Right. On a, a very underbelly level, which is probably why I'm here today. But right. I feel like on a big, big, big level, it's really about em- really embracing our own, as a woman, your own sexual power. And mm-hmm. I think when you have someone like her, like um, the Duke girl. Bell Knox. Bell Knox, like putting this in front of your face, it's forcing every woman to see where they are not sexually powerful or embracing their sexual oh. aspects of themselves. And that's a scary thing to see. We don't want to see what we're not seeing about ourselves yeah. in the mirror. And I feel like um, I feel like that's where the judgment and that's where the naysaying comes in from the women's side. 
but and I say that from my own experience because that's what was happening from me on my end, and that's what was making right. me feel no, that I, way. I think there's a lot of truth in that. So I feel it's just a challenge. Like I challenge those naysaying women. And if you feel those feelings yourself to really examine, like what is really freaking me out about this? Like, why do I care? You know what this girl is doing. I wanted to bring up. So I mentioned this to you as well. So Lars von Trier's film, The Nymphomaniac or Nymphomaniacs, that's coming out. It's a lot of celebrity big names. I think Uma Thurman, for example, and then um, Shia LaBeouf stars in Mm -hmm. it and uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg, all these other people. Uh, and and what was fascinating in the article that I was skimming about it was, was okay, great, it's all sex and there's tons of sex and it's about this woman kind of chronicling her sex history and, and through flashbacks. Um, and ultimately in the article it mentions, well, the actors never really did any of the sex. And we would – yes, we were always naked on set and all that and we got used to seeing each other. But then we used porn stars and um, CGI like – extract their sexual organs to like put them on theirs. <laughs> Basically spent a lot of money. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> so money to and made some poor editors as non Yeah, and so then I wondered, what is this? How are we defining the role of actors where they can't actually perform a sex act because then they're crossing a line because they're only supposed to and be And then they won't get hired theoretically, and then they have to worry about their reputation. Yeah, and they're and theoretically blah, blah, blah. experimenting with the ideas of sexuality, but they're not actually executing it with their bodies. I, it was very interesting. And then, and then yeah, I thought of the film... You know, the blue is the warmest color. There was mm-hmm. a lot of nudity in that as well. Um, and, and I think there was a lot of sexual contact where they did do it. But at the same – I mean, I laughed because there's that scene where they're going down on each other. You know and what? I was like, oh, her face isn't wet. They didn't actually do it. <laughs> Details. <laughs> like, at, like 10 minutes Details, like, rubbing her face there. I know. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying. So it's an interesting, weird psychological block that's happening. Well, you know, I, I get it. I mean, here's the thing. If you don't want to – you don't – as a – as a director, filmmaker, whatever, I can imagine that you don't want to put your actors in awkward situations. Like, if there's this person here that you really don't want to have sex with and and you don't connect on that level, then, like, not – don't do that. But – and well, there's a lot of talk about Monster Ball. I mean, allegedly, they did actually have sex. Well, that's great. I feel like give them the option. Right. If they connect. Well, that's, but, yeah. but, but why is but it – but what I find fascinating is, is how much people like to talk about it. Like, did yeah. it really happen or didn't it? Did it really happen or didn't it? Well, that's I mean, and then like if it school. did, well, let's it's judge the hell out of yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah. Let's, like, the slut, the slut <laughs> sell newspapers and, and movie tickets. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's what obscene meant. Obscene meant out of the scene. It mm. didn't ha- take place in oh. the scene. So I, that's why, you know, where are these words? Yeah, like, now what, it's what does it mean, obscene? It, meant obscene? it didn't happen in the It shouldn't be depicted on stage in right. the Greek theater. Shouldn't. Or it was, it was not. Yeah, shall not. I mean, that's an English thing we mm. do. But that, you know, that's... You know, that, I, yeah. I think it's just sad that they would be so concerned about, I guess, what, the industry and their fan base and whatever, that I, it just is sad to me that that's the state of the That's what I mean. World I'm like, how much in. money was spent to, like, yeah. superimpose? And then yeah, why, like and how then much why effort, is it okay like, just, for the porn stars to fuck? Like, this is, right. do you know what I'm saying? Like, right. this weird line of, like, well, we brought in the professional sex people. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> organs are just for looking at it's a class it's right i mean yeah, it's, it's it a class like a class it's totally it is yeah. classes. It is a class yeah. distinction that's what i felt when yeah. i oh i mean it has been it's always you know it's, yeah so well, working the class san fernando like a bit yeah it's, it's, it's like their genitals yeah. and then we can well there was the because the, the greeks had the several classes of uh, you know there is what's interesting is that it's very class-based 
from from a, the since the Inquisition, the basically, well, it's been back to right? the Greeks, even. Oh, the really? Greeks actually, have different I thought words it was. For it. I, I thought it was media. This right now, if you want all the different classes of classical, like. Um, ta- classical prostitution. I was. It was one well, of the oh, things classes, of like. Oh, What do you I mean? No, the uh, Indian, I mean yeah. nobody. No, I, in India. I mean all of it. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like sexually speaking, oh. like like prostitutes and sex workers being at the bottom of the barrel. Other oh, than right. when you've did got it flip to right, like you've got the courtesans revolution. and these women right, who right. are all on top, and then the Inquisition and religion. Well, say, but you're saying it goes back to it, sex, but it bounces up in, and down. You yeah. know, like, that Dawn talks a lot about this, which is like. And I always kind of reference it as well, this idea of like industrial revolution, um, the also ownership of property. I feel like when you had ownership of property in society, there yes. ended up being a big flip in um, in power dynamics. Way before the industrial revolution. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's why I was like, when, okay, ownership yeah, when, of property. When, when boundaries came into place. Right. Because yeah. then you had power and money and Well, then paternity became an issue. Right. And it, yes. It's because you're building your own unit. Yep. God damn it. And <laughs> mine's going to be yeah, bigger and than it yours. Costs this much. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. And you now have a and literal food coin to define food. it. And my food is my food. And so it, we, we came right, out so of a communal... you wanted to know whose children were yours. Yeah. It, so it became this competitive, horrible Well, right. Thing. And then female sexuality needed to be harnessed. Right. Exactly. And that's why, yes, this and massive the trees of marriage. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, but also the puritanical mindsets of yes. like... You know, clothe yourself, and I mean, Sex at Dawn talks about sperm production and and the size of balls of men's balls, and and like over how they've shrunk. Yes, what? and they're shrinking. And oh, guys, like, yes, do you hear that? And less sperm production because and he he's saying that it's you know probably from monogamy and the way that we are training and sort of um, that makes sense. Yeah, the same way that, that totally you makes sense. If you don't you, use yeah. it, you lose it. Well, the same way they that must you have been using train horses <laughs> on a farm or something, you're training. We're training our bodies and saying, okay, you are meant to be monogamous, which I don't think is necessarily natural. I'm not saying that it's that there aren't naturally monogamous people as well. I think sure. there's a range, and I think that we are too, yeah. hard driving towards right. one track. I'm just saying, let's question it. Like, well, let's yeah. instead of just automatically funneling ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Save the ball. How did you guys? How did you guys get started with the pushing boundaries conversation? Where where did the first like you know huh. serious talk happen between you I two? Know. Where you realized? I remember. Yeah, I remember the day. Uh-huh. Okay, it was at the Catalina Film Festival on the oh. beach. Do you remember that day? Okay, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did have an intense conversation. We, I think we had just. I, was, think, I thought okay. What? But I'm probably no, that might earlier. Have been the first I'm one, sure yeah. earlier. We've but always talked about it, and we we're consistently talking about it yeah. around the clock. But right. <laughs> we always have these. Com- that's why it's like, oh, we should do something with it. But um, so how do we? So I, I, to me, that I feel that, and I think that's the first time we like seeded and planted an idea mm. to do something, like to write something yeah. or to whatever express ourselves more. Fully. And that was in 2012. Mm. Yeah, mm, that was a big year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So and that I was the first just, yeah, thing. Not that – anyway, yes, we have our unique field experience, but we also do, yeah. just our fascination and interest in it and wanting to really engage the community. <clears throat> well, now that we're wrapping – To talk more about <clears throat> that. We're approaching the end. Why don't you guys yeah. introduce with Pushing Boundaries. We're going in this direction with the show. Tell the audience a little bit more about yourselves. Introduce TNA. And so that we can leave them with like your guys' unique experience in the field and they can look forward to hearing more from you next week. 
as we bring the experts into the studio from the, you know, working hands in the field to the high-minded science types. <laughs> All the, philo- the philosophers and, and everyone the in between across the board. Yeah. And the lovers and yeah. the haters. And the well, you poets. know what I love about this? Can I just say, what I love about our, our this discussion is it's almost like anyone is game because we yes, were talking yeah. with Everyone has experience. Everybody and everyone has, has boundaries perspective to and push. Our, yes, our photographer that we, exactly, I love that. We, we can't fail here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're pushing yeah. my golden egg. Yeah. <laughs> That's why last week you pushed my boundaries. Right. I loved it. Amazing. Well, oh, I was going to say just, yeah, the minute we mentioned the show to someone, they immediately start sharing their sexual this experiences exactly yeah. or their quandaries yeah. or their, and it's beautiful. And I just thought, great. Like if you have something to share, you know, yeah. come on, you know, we want to talk to you. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, okay. So for me, I'm a, um, and she has a bodacious and ass. it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Bodacious ass. Thank you. My clients have um, said it's the world's greatest bum. I think it's a highly subjective matter, and I prefer other bums. But I'm not going to complain. You have a very nice one. Thank Classical you. proportion. I mean, that is a you know, mathematical Look. curve. You know. <laughs> <laughs> mathematical. But curve. I've seen you know different shaped ones as well that are equally titillating. Yes. Okay. Sure, but. That's a that's a monument. It's in a class. Yeah, it's in a. Hi- it's speaking of classes. Yeah. Okay. Very high class. Moving on. So, <laughs> I have a high class bum. It is. Yeah. yeah it's that's in great. The class of, yes. <laughs> um, I have more than just a bum, really. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> we have this talking mouth. But if mouth, you started though. there and you started, worked your way yeah, up, okay. it gets better. So I yeah I've been working I I don't know what I call myself in the sensual industry for the last four years and it started. Um, Oh my God, how did I, it started because I had decided, it was just a lot of things came into play, but I, it's like, I wanted to change my life. I knew I also wanted to get into some creative projects that were happening and I needed money to go into Russia to participate in them. And, um, so, and then I, I got in back in touch with a girlfriend who was doing very well and like funding all these projects. And I'm like, what? what are you doing? And so, and she, <laughs> and she told me, and I was like freaking fascinated and because I've always been drawn to like, like my favorite movie growing up was, um, dangerous beauty, which was about, um, Veronica Franco. Hmm. So that I mean, that tells you <laughs> everything, yeah, sure. I suppose. But, well, um, I mean, these are popular, like Belle du Jour that I mentioned. I mean, sure. they're popular films yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in society. So that's kind of, so I went and I, I, I changed, I changed, I got rid of everything. I got rid of my businesses. I was doing business at the time and the, my relationship and everything. And, um, and I went and I uh, made money and did the projects in Russia and stuff like that. But um, So that's what got me going. But then yeah, it but you was, didn't do the work in Russia. You were doing no, the work no, no. here. <laughs> I, no, no, no. I was doing the work here. Yes, to, sorry. You didn't get to go to Russia? I did. Okay. I did. And then for I came back reasons, yeah. for different reasons. For, not for sensual work. No, for other reasons. And, um, and that's kind of what got me into it, but I, I freaking loved it. I've look, I'm, I'm, I'm well educated. I'm college educated. I've, ha- I've, I've been a business owner. I've, you know, I've done things done in life, but like this has been the most rewarding work of my life. Like it's just been, it's been wonderful, and it's, it's not something that I think every woman. It's not right for every woman. You have to, um, be, and I don't want to. I don't want to. I just don't want people to say, oh, yes, it's a fantasy fairy tale thing. And of course, there's a dark side. There's a dark side to everything, but it, um, which is why you have to be careful about going into it and not, you know, know how to not attract the darkness. But well, um, in any job, and it's in any, that's going to happen too. in yeah. any job, yeah. I know. But I, and so I, I'm here because I want to talk about my experience, which is, has been really beautiful, really, really beautiful. And I kind of want to dispel 
I think every experience you read about uh, or every movie or whatever about this sex industry is always like it. yeah and it's this woman who's compromising herself and who like wants to be doing something else and there's so many amazing girls out there doing really amazing valuable work valuable work with men yeah we're, yeah. we're working on that we're telling that story well, there is there's a one out called american courtesans that came out last year Great. and you and you approve it you not approve, I, you liked it i'm just i just found out about it yesterday oh, you haven't watched it okay. not yet there's a lot of material out there I, I but yeah i like what you're saying so i am um, yeah so go ahead yeah what, so what about you baby mt i have breasts <laughs> <laughs> she That's has more than breasts i think they're fabulous i get a lot of compliments you do on my have fabulous as well, breasts. but it's one of the first comments i said to you i think did you i think oh thank you that's nice. Okay, so I, I, um, a good number of you, I guess it was also maybe four years ago that I had my first um, experience with outside of my relationship with another, you know, while I was living with my partner. And honestly, I didn't handle it perfectly. I think I had already, I had an interest in it. And I started, um, I had always sort of in the back of my head been curious about open relationships or, or the term had come across me a couple times. And then in conversation with a girl in class, in a class, she said, Oh, I'm in an open marriage. And she said, and she recommended a book to me. So then I bought the book and I actually hid the book. <laughs> I would read it when, you know, my boyfriend wasn't home and, uh, and all these ideas are like racing through my head. And then my boyfriend went out of town. I had an experience. I didn't, you know, anyway, so he, we ended up talking about it and then, uh, and then I brought the book out <laughs> and, uh, and it went from there. And anyway, since then, you know, I think it actually expanded our relationship and allowed us to speak more honestly yeah. in, in a lot of ways yeah. um, and go deeper in, in what does a relationship mean to us. And, and I think being forced to ask those questions rather than just taking the cultural assumptions or norms for them yeah. without asking them for yourself. It's brave. Yeah, has has Very been brave. really um, eye opening and, and been, insightful, and I've been along for some of the ride with you, and it's been really fascinating. So I look forward to sh- having yeah, you sharing share more about about yeah. those individual experiences, the good, and, the bad, and, the ugly, the hard, the beautiful. Well, the, and the positive, yes, you know, all that has like, been yeah. really good about it, definitely. Um, and anyway, yeah, and and also I've just it had a history of you know I directed the vagina monologues in college, and I was always very uh, charged about women's rights and um, anyway, so so I just have a, a lot of knowledge to share. <laughs> It's just what was meant to be. Right, so we came together and here we are. TNA, pushing boundaries. All right, (laughs) we'll be back next week.